0: everyone. Welcome back to Let's Unpack That. I'm Maddie Steinbrock. Tonight, we're going to be talking about women working in the field of kinesiology, but more specifically in the athletic department. To cover this topic, I brought in the Washburn Assistant Athletic Director for Compliance, Brittany Lauritsen. Thank you for joining us tonight, Brittany. Absolutely. Love to do it. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about your experience working in a male-dominated field in a male-dominated office, such as athletics? Man, so you named it. Let's unpack that. You give me like... <laughs>
1: the biggest question of the day definitely right off the bat. we like to start it off hard okay okay well kind of just background wise I you know come from a legal background got my JD and I think just starting there that was kind of the beginning of being in that male-dominated world um, I actually went to an all-women's college in undergrad so I had a little bit different experience <laughs> um, and then went to law school and that was just kind of one of those things where it's everybody for themselves um, and really kind of got reintroduced back into what the quote-unquote real world feels like and then going through law school kind of deciding that I wanted to go into athletics you know like you said it's very male dominated and you made fun of me coming in here for bringing bringing all my notes but <laughs> I just wanted to throw some things out there um, and just kind of let you know in college athletics what we're talking about when we're talking about male dominated within athletic departments so you know title nine is 45 years old And as we're looking at that, you know, you would think that our statistics would look a little bit different than what they do now, but um, as of 2016, 60% of women's teams, so teams that, you know, women's basketball, women's soccer, whatever, are coached by men, and they're not coached by female coaches. You know, only 19.6% of ADs within the NCAA in 2016 were female, and then people in my role, like that assistant AD role, 2016 was only 32%. So men are holding over 60% of positions in conference offices throughout all levels of the NCAA, so we're really working in a place where less than a third and sometimes even less than a quarter of those positions are, are held by females. So. If you want to unpack that, that's a great place to start.
0: Yeah. We had talked a little bit in class about um, even how people don't really trust a woman and just kind of in your TED talk that you had done that I kind of wanted to address, you talked about there's, I think you called it like the flip of a coin, um, and you'll kind of either get a leader that's female leader that's weak and meek or a female leader that feels like they just kind of have to be powerful. And I kind of feel like that's where I would fall as a leader just because I have kind of a brutal personality to begin with. I'm just kind of <laughs> very blunt and I know I'm very confrontational, but I also feel like in a kind of male dominated place, that's kind of where I would go. I would go kind of very powerful. So do you have like any experiences with that kind of feeling like you either had to kind of settle back or kind of push to be heard?
1: Yeah, for sure. The funniest things that I've read kind of regarding this and talking about that coin flip you know that's kind of my term for it you either get one or the other when you're looking at female bosses you know traditionally that's kind of what society tells you. Psychology Today said that the female boss is some kind of hybrid of Cruella DeVille, Roseanne Barr, and Bigfoot and I thought that was just hysterical because it perfectly embodies like this idea of somebody who's just like power hungry and kind of fear-mongering and all of these things and i think that a lot of times female bosses are put in a position where the expectation is a little bit different for a male boss you know when we're looking at men in any field um, and any profession a lot of times we're looking at quantitative data so we're really concerned about what have they been successful at what have they done well what awards have they gotten what achievements have they brought to their company or whatever and with females a lot of times if you're asked, well, what is it like to work for this person? We're talking about all of that qualitative data. We're talking about like their feelings and how they interact with people. It's so emotion driven. And I think that that as a woman, you know, it's really hard because we, a lot of times bring some of that onto ourselves with the way that we interact with other females. And that's something in my profession that I've really had to kind of take a step back and realize that. I have kind of two roads I can either perpetuate that Cruella DeVille Roseanne Bigfoot um, or I can be the person that we growing up always wanted I think the expectation for females when you have a female boss is really mentorship like you want somebody whose footsteps you can follow in but the reality is a lot of times we're very passive aggressive to one another we see each other as competition because we don't see each other enough and you know that's been a huge thing for me is trying to be more of a mentor for not only our student athletes, but our our female assistant coaches, our head coaches, whatever it may be, um, and just making sure that I'm going down that path versus trying to to step on people to get where I want to go.
0: Again, we're talking with Assistant Athletic Director for Compliance at Washburn, Brittany Luridson, on Let's Unpack That. I think a lot of the times what we've talked about is even with athletes, maybe not so much with the assistant coaches, but with athletes for sure, just they kind of look at you as a mother in a sense a little bit and so just kind of being that person whether that is what you are to them or just, as you said, a mentor, but kind of having that female energy that a male person wouldn't bring on. Um, people have looked at that study in athletic trainers, female athletics, trainers they definitely male athletes or kind of any athlete would much rather go to a female athletic trainer because they do have that caring aspect for them which kind of brings me into my last and final question which is the one I wanted to stress a lot was just kind of like the stress a job in athletics kind of takes on your personal life I know growing up with a dad in athletics I didn't see him a lot but I know going into a career in athletics I know the toll it's going to take on, like, my life and my family. So how has that affected your personal life and, like, what you want to do? And I have an internship, and I see the assistant men's basketball coach with his baby walking around after a basketball game. And so just, like, how has that affected what you want to do with your life too?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And talking about women in athletics, unfortunately, that's a question that you would never ask a man mm-hmm. in an interview. You would never ask a man what, what do you plan to do to make sure that your family – is always first or that your faith is always first or whatever that is that's important to you and that you hold near and dear. But we ask women that all the time. Um, And I think that's really telling of our society. But, you know, I also think that that kind of shows the duality of being a woman in a professional setting as you are seen as that mother, whether it's as a mentor role or not, like you're kind of always seen in that role. And so I think, you know, for me, It was a little interesting because when I came into this job, I came in very young. I had just turned 26, I think, when I took this position at Washburn. Moved literally halfway across the country with nobody but my dog. Um, And so that looks a lot different then than it does now five years later with, you know, a wife and a nephew who lives with us full time. And it's been a, a struggle, admittedly, for me because I tend to be the type of person who throws everything I have into it and I don't think that that's a bad quality but it's really made me step back and realize that I need to draw boundaries and I think that's really hard for women a lot of times is being able to say you know what it is five thirty on a non-game day like I need to be at home yeah. or I was here until ten thirty last night like it's okay if I go in at nine o'clock because I get to see my wife who works overnights for an hour and a half and I think that men sometimes can draw boundaries a little bit better than women can because we do feel that that need to nurture and be there and oversee. You're yeah. definitely overseers. I always for tell sure. people
0: if you wanna see the most dedicated people in the world go to an athletic department because you're gonna see people that are staying until ten thirty and showing up at seven thirty the next day and for they're sure. just the most committed people that I know. Thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me. And even if it was just a little bit, starting to unpack the women in the athletic department.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure, Maddie. Yes.
0: Well, thank you everyone for listening to me and come back next Wednesday to see what we need to unpack.